Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Oh, wow, that's bright <laughs> for a cold morning. I think it's becoming cold, and I don't like it because I'm not used to it after that many years. Uh, as you've heard, my, my name is Faith Obonyo, and Mr. Obonyo is sitting right there. Uh, I hope you see him. <laughs> And uh, our friends, Carla and Rich Kinsey, came and joined us. We worship in the same church in West Liberty at Quest, the Nazarene Church there. We want to be very, very grateful to the pastor for even allowing us to come and share the word of God with you. Uh, we truly appreciate that. Um, I hope you do realize that I do not have an accent at all. So, <laughs> so you might have to listen to me a little bit more carefully. And sometimes they say when I start speaking, I move a little fast. So I'll try and slow down. But if I'm moving fast, just raise your hand. I have no problem with that. Just say, hey, could you slow down a little bit? I'm fine with it. But otherwise, I enjoy sharing the word of God. I have been a Christian for many years. And if there is anything I've loved is to see God in my life. And I hope that we all have that testimony in us that we have loved God, we have seen him, and we continue to see him. And every day we need him, like, just like we sang, and that he loves us Amen. at all costs. I mean, it doesn't matter what, he still loves us. And so today, I would like to share now, as, as we were communicating with Pastor, uh, when we were talking about coming here, and he asked me, what are you going to preach about? And I said, well, I really feel like I want to share a story that's in the Bible that probably many of you, because I can see probably many of you have been in the church, have heard about the story of David and Goliath. That maybe you're thinking, oh my gosh, what can she tell us about this one now? <laughs> We've had it forever. We grew in Sunday school hearing about it. I hope I can say a few words that can be of encouragement to you from this story, even if you have heard it from uh, whenever it is that you started coming to church. Just hope that you can receive from God the message that he's got for you and for me today. So we are going to walk through this story together. I'm a storyteller. I grew up being told stories by my grandmother. That's how I learned. I, you had to be told stories to learn to keep principles and whatever it is that you needed to keep. You were told stories. We didn't have books like today where the kids write and you journal. No, we did not have that. You maintain, you retain everything in your brain through stories. So to me, the stories in the Bible really stick out for me and they really communicate for me. So I hope that I will be able to pass a few things to you. So if you've got your Bible, you're going to walk through this, and you're going to go with me. I have never been to Israel, but you're going to go with me to Israel today because we are going together in this Bible. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, is where we are reading from. And we're not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to pick uh, some words from there. Now, let me give you the scenario where this book, where this story begins. So we are in Israel in those days, and King Saul has got his army, and now he's about to go to war with the Philistines. And the Philistines are the, are, have been troubling the, the, the Israelites for a long time, and now it has come to, the confrontation has come to a point whereby now they're about to go to war. 
So and the way the Bible paints is the what was going to happen is that they would camp out on a, one side would be the camp of the Israelite army, and then there would be a valley in between, and on the other side of the hill would be the, the army of the Philistines. So be with me here. On this one side is the Israelites, and so the king is leading the army, and on this side is the, uh, the Philistines, and the man Goliath is leading the army. And if when we try to describe the man Goliath, he we are told in, in, in this particular scripture that he is very tall. He is nine feet. I don't know who is the tallest in this church. I'm trying to imagine. Who is it? The, the young man over there. Stand up. Just want to see how tall. How tall are you? Are she? <laughs> yeah, he's not even nine feet, I'm sure. Are you six something? Seven, six something? Uh, imagine. Just stand up again, young man. I hope you're not embarrassed. But I want to, I want you to visualize your six what? Six, only six, three, only. Now imagine Goliath is three feet taller than that. So he probably would have probably reached where the, the shades are, right? No, kind of, close. So here that guy would have been that tall. And then we are told he was pretty big. So he was not just tall, but he was pretty big. And not just big, but thank you, young man. He was not just big, but then he had the whole armor because he's prepared for war and he's leading this great team. So he had somebody who carried a shield, and the shield weighed 125 pounds. Now, who is 2125? Imagine a shield alone weighed that. And then he was wearing this armor that was pretty big, and everybody could hear that when he stepped like this, you heard it when he came out. And that's what happened now. When this man is doing this, we are told that in this scripture, him every morning, every morning and every evening, the armies would come up and Goliath would come up with all his gear and the people and he would come out of his camp and he's shouting and you can imagine the echo going to the other side of the Philistines and we are told every morning for 40 days and nights, can you imagine, you're preparing to go to war and for every morning and evening your enemy comes out and he storms very strongly and he says, now you the the army of the Philistines and the voice is cutting to the other side and he is saying it is time for us to fight. Send me a man. That is what he says in verse 19. Send me a man so we can fight. And he's saying that to you for 40 days and 40 nights. I don't know whether you think with me how psychologically that can be draining when you see this man every morning. And every evening and every day he comes out and he says the same thing. And here on the other side, visualize with me as the, the opponent, the, 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 king, the king's soul and his army. They don't have that tall guy, but they know that they are an army that is supposed to wage war against that guy. But every morning and evening he comes out, they are so scared of him because they can see how big he truly is. And he is big. And they can see we really don't stand a chance here. But we cannot afford to withdraw. We cannot afford to run away. We cannot afford to do anything because if we do, as a king, people are going to look at me and think, oh my gosh, we have a king that's very weak. So they're not going to do that. So every morning they stand there and I'm sure they're trying to show they are very strong. But it's one thing they forgot. They forgot who they were. 
They try to measure themselves against these big men. They try to measure themselves against the Philistines. And so every morning when he comes out, instead of remembering who they were, they forgot that completely and they just focus on the human being on earth. And I was thinking about this, and I think I love this story because I think, how many of us in our lives are faced with many Goliaths? How many of us in our lives, every morning you wake up, every day you wake up, there's a Goliath staring at you. And he threatens you and tells you, do you know the doctor said? And then you wake up in the morning as a young boy or young guy, you remember, oh my gosh, I have a Goliath, I have to face that guy who rejected me yesterday. Or oh, you have to face that boy. I'm telling you, the Goliaths that we are faced with, oh, you're in your house and you wake up and you look aside and you see, this is my wife, she's not even talking to me. You have a Goliath right there in your bed. Oh, this is your husband who's not talking to you. The Goliath is right there beside you. Oh, you, you, you go to school as a student, you have a Goliath. You go to work, the boss does not like you very much. If you're a teacher, things are not going very well. You're a Goliath, wait, you have one waiting for you right there in the classroom. Goliath, 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 everywhere you turn. Goliath. And every day he is whispering and telling. He isn't even whispering. He has shouted until it's so big you can't even see beyond him. He is shouting every day. Come fight me and see how I'm going to beat you. Come and see. You cannot make it. That diagnosis that you are given is going to destroy you. Your spiritual life, you are nothing. You are nothing. You are not worth anything. And he gets you anxious. He gets you depressed. He gets you weak. He gets you broken. He gets you all kinds of things in your life so that you are walking like a chicken with a head cut off. Because Goliath has overpowered you. And that is what is happening to these people. He wakes up every morning for 40, can you imagine one day, two days, three, four, 40 days. He's doing that to them. And then we visualize this young man, David. He's 17 years old. How old are you, young man? 12. 12? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm about to talk. Wow. All right. So here comes this young boy. His name is David. Who is David? He will be the king, but he is not even there. You know, we know the end of the story, so we, we really happen to know this, but we don't know the end of the story at the moment. So he's just this little shepherd boy who is tending his father's sheep. He didn't even, he, did, he was 17 years old. He didn't even go to, to the army because he was just a little boy tending his father's sheep. But what do we know about this David? When you read the chapter here, we are told that David was busy tending his sheep and his father loved him and father would send him up. 
for these days, hey, could you go? Because he had brothers in the army. Three of them were in the army, the older ones. So the father would say, hey, could you just go and check on your brothers and see how they are doing? I don't know whether the war has started and I don't know whether they are alive or not. So I really need you to go check on them. Take some food. So you can imagine him passing by KFC or McDonald's and picking up something to go take to the brothers and say, here, I've got you some lunch or something like that. So that's what David used to do. So this particular time, he comes bringing us McDonald's. Or what is the famous one here around here? Which one? McDonald's? Okay, so he brings some McDonald's to the brothers. And the brothers look at him and the older one says, Oh my gosh, what are you doing here? Why do you think he is not happy that David has come? Because they are standing here and they are meant to be the army and they are meant to be fighting, but they are so scared and now the brother is going to see the weakness of his big brothers. And so they're not happy that he has come. Because then they tell him, can you go back, you young boy? You're so proud. What made you come here? Now, look, I want you to look at this. Today, when you are trying to be something, and then there comes somebody, you're trying to help. You're trying to be a good person. You're trying to do the best. But the people are just putting you down. They're discouraging you. They're telling you, you can't make it. You can't do it. You're nothing. You're useless. You're stupid. You will never amount to anything. That's what they're trying. They don't even listen to David. They don't. And David looks at this. So the morning comes and storms Goliath and David is there. And Goliath says the same thing. Send a man to come and fight me. And here is David. The man, the young boy David, who recognizes and realizes who he is. Why? Because he has not lost focus. And he looks up and says, he asks the brothers, who is this man that is shouting and yelling and kissing and abusing and saying all these bad things against the army of the Lord that looks, looks weak, but it is the army of the Lord. So is weak. His men are weak, but it is the army of the Lord. They have lost focus. David has not lost focus who he is and who this army is. And so when he says, saying these words, he says, Who is this uncircumcised man, tall as he looks, that is coming against the army of the Lord? And the brothers look at him and say, You have no idea. We have no clue who this man is. For 40 days he has terrorized us. You have no clue. And he asks again, What is it that will be done to the person who will go and fight this man? And the brothers tell him, Heart-checking, so said, If you can dare to go fight, fight that man, he's going to give you win against him. He will give you his daughter in marriage. And David thinks, all right, here comes the opportunity. I'm going to be married to the king's daughter. King, great. So he tells them, I will go fight this man. And the brothers laugh at him. King so laugh at him. And they tell him, what is wrong with you? You're too young to be even thinking about this. We are the soldiers. We are in the army. So they tell him, no, you are not the right person to do this. Have you ever reached that point where you're trying to do something and somebody is telling you, you cannot make it. You can't. Look at yourself. You're not even educated. You don't. You're not real. You don't come from that wealthy family. You don't come from those big families. You don't have one, two, three. You cannot do it. Give up. That's what they told David. 
But David knew who he was. Do we know who we are? Do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know how powerful you and I are in Christ? Do you have that confidence that today we can stand and say, I know I look weak, I know I look small, I know I look like I have nothing, I look like I'm not educated, I look like I'm sickly, but I'm telling you inside of me, I have a God who is more powerful than that God that is waking you up every morning and disturbing you every morning. Do you have that confidence? If you don't, I want to encourage you. It doesn't take much to develop that confidence. You just need to look at your past because that is what David did. He looked at the past and he told them this. I know that man is big. But when I look behind me, when I was standing simply doing my business, simply washing the dishes, simply teaching, simply doing whatever you do every day, when I was there, when I was telling my fathership, the lion and the bear came to try and eat the sheep. And do you know what happened? God gave me the strength and I was able with my bare hands to kill a lion. Can you imagine killing a lion with bare hands? Just try to imagine. Or even a bear with bare hands, he killed those two. Do you think he did it because he was very strong? Because he had a God who gave him the strength to do it. That God is the one he is looking. If he did that for me, he's going to give me the strength to kill this Goliath. And my friends, the same God that has taken you through that today you are alive, the same God that has watched over you that today you are alive, you are alive and alive for a reason. And when we look back and see his faithfulness and his goodness and not see the bad things that have happened to us, but see how he has brought us through, we can be able to stand like David and say, even this God will go in the name of Jesus Christ. Because he who lives in you and me is greater than he who is out there in the world. Amen. How I pray you could have that confidence in our God. And so he continues. King Saul says, are you determined to go and fight this man? He says, yes. And so King Saul says, let me give you the tools. He gives him the armor so that he can look close to Goliath. And he puts it on and it's so heavy he's trying to walk. It's, it's so heavy he says, I can't even walk in this thing. Take it out. And he removes it. You try to adjust to become like the people you're working with. Other than standing and being yourself in Christ and being known for who you are. You can't make it. You're going to be wobbling under the weight of all the things that they do. You'll be gossiping like them. You'll be talking like them. You'll be doing the things they are doing. And you will not have the confidence to come back and call on your God. But you leave all that alone. And David left that and he said, you know what? I'll use what I got. What do you have in your hands? When Moses was going to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, he was asked by God, what do you have, Moses, in your hand? And Moses said, I have this rod. I have this stick. It was a stick, just a stick. And God used the stick. Now, David has got a sling. Do we know what a sling is? Does everybody know what a sling is? 
You know, when I was growing up, we used to take care of um, my grandmother's wheat that she used to plant. And in the morning, the birds would just come down on it. So we would wake up very early to make sure that the birds don't come down onto that farm and eat the wheat. So you would have your duties every morning. You are given that corner and somebody else that corner. How did you drive the birds away? You used the sling. And I was not very good at it, but my brothers would, would teach me, although they did better. And we would throw the sling, the stone in the sling, so that, that we can chase the birds away. And another one would throw from the other corner. So we were using the slings to do that. Now here is David comes with a very simple to the sling. And he says, this is the thing that I'm going to use to kill this man. Not because the sling is so strong, but because God is going to use that weak sling to destroy this Goliath. So what it is that we've got, we've got in us the power of Jesus Christ. Because the moment we say, I have given my life to you. I am surrendered to you, God. I belong to you. I become a child of God. You become a child of God. We are children of God. In us is the to be able to say, I have nothing. I am weak, God. I am weak. I don't even feel like doing this. So physically, I feel very weak. But in me is living a God who is going to hear me when I shout, who is going to hear me when I cry, who is going to hear me when I speak words. Because when we speak words, we are going to be destroying the Goliaths that are standing out there. Who wants to do that? Who is willing you don't have to scream. You don't have to shout. You just have to know that it's in your heart and it's going to come out. And in that bathroom, when you're by yourself, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you say, who am I? I am the child of the most high God. And I am coming against you, Goliath of depression. I am coming against you, Goliath of unfaithfulness from my partner. I'm coming against you, Goliath of bullying in the school. I'm coming against that thing that's troubling my children. I'm coming against, oh, and you name it and you speak it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And know that our God will take care of it. I don't know whether you are like me, but probably you are because all of us do have faced or will face if you are not already facing Goliaths. And I like to use my life as an example of Goliaths. I have had a few Goliaths, probably not as many as you. Let me give an example of my few. When I got married, in 1989. Jeez, that sounds ancient, young man, doesn't it? <laughs> I, 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 I did not have a plan B of what's that it's not going to work, right? And I and my husband, my ex-husband, we were ministers of the gospel, preaching. He's a bishop and I'm a pastor and we're preaching the word of God. And you're not thinking that anything can go wrong. Jeez, everything is going right and everything is working, but we have a Goliath out there. And so in 2010, he decides to walk out and go marry a young girl. And here I am left. And I'm thinking in myself, oh my gosh, what God am I going to tell people we believe in? <laughs> 
where is this Jesus? Where has he been? That Goliath was big for me. I didn't know how I was going to stand. I didn't know how I was going to make it as a Christian. I didn't know how I was going to come out of this and stand and tell people there is a God who still lives in me and who stands and fights Goliaths. But then we are not promised we will not go through what others go through. Right. We are we're not promised it won't happen. But I think what the, the important thing is when it happens, how do we react to it? Do we let it slow us down and bog us down and destroy us so that we can no longer perform? Destroy us so that we can no longer live a Christian life? Where do we march when such a thing befalls us in our lives? And so I had to make a choice. I cried and cried and cried. And at the end, I decided, no, I am not going to allow this thing, that what this man has done to destroy me and leave me in shreds so that I'm walking like somebody who has no clue what they are doing. No, I have a God who lives me, who is going to fight this God, and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk because God who lives in me. And that's what I did. And so you might be there faced with something like that. And that was not the end of it. A few other things came up. Big ones too. And just three months ago, um, July, three months, yes. Another big one. I was going about my business and working, busy doing whatever I do. I'm a supervisor by super by profession. And I found myself in the emergency room. And before the week was over, I had to have surgery. And then I had this surgery that didn't go well. Like they, they think everything went well, I go home. And the following day, I'm like, something is not right. I'm back in the hospital. And back in the hospital, they ship me out to Columbus. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and I'm a Christian. Christians, right? And in Columbus, they don't say, hey, we are going to treat you and you leave. I am there for one day, two days, three days. A total of, in the hospital, I was in the hospital for a total of 15 days. Uh, to the point where I, I, could, I, I couldn't eat, I, was, I, I had an illness, then things went wrong, there were injuries, they had to go in and do another surgery to correct the other surgery, then that was over, then I went and they had to go in and correct another surgery, and it was one thing after the other, and this time, don't forget, brethren are praying, people are praying, people came and they were like, what on earth is going on? And they are praying and they are praying, and I know, I know it is the prayers of the saints, it is is the standing of, of the saints before God was alive that today I'm standing here well and because of a God who fights Goliath. And that is the same God I want to recommend to you. That when David throws the sling, he honored the only thing he has and he measures it and he hits this man. With that sling, he goes crashing down and he falls. 
And now, the army of the Lord can have the courage to run after the Philistines. And we are told they ran after them and slaughtered them <laughs> so that there was nobody left but those running. And they ran and ran and they chased them. And we are told after that, Israel enjoyed peace for a long time. Who knows that the Goliath in your life that you're facing in your life, that I'm facing in my life, is supposed to be for me to be able to fight so that people can see the God in you, the God in me. And when they see the God in you, they can say, surely there's a God in my sister. Surely there's a God in my brother. The God that I'm going to go after. So that even though we may not be talking about it, they're looking at it and they can see that God in you, in your school. And when they see that, they can say, hallelujah. I am going to go after this God. That is who we are. And that is who God wants us to be. And I want to encourage you as we finish. I don't care which Goliath is facing you. I don't, and it doesn't care what you did right or wrong yesterday. It doesn't care what's, what you feel. I am not good enough even to think about this. I know you feel, some of us feel like we are not good enough to even stand and say this, to even stand and believe this. Because you feel like you've done so many bad things, you don't think God even cares about you that much. He does care. And he knows what you did yesterday. He knows the bad things you did. But he isn't standing here and judging you. I will not fight your Goliath because of what he did. Oh no. He is loving you and saying, Come to me, come to me, I'm ready to fight your Goliath. Come to me, I'm ready to fight that addiction. Come to me, I'm ready to fight that addiction that has kept you from being close to me. I am ready to fight that Goliath. Come to me. Will you come to me? Will you go to him, my sister? Will you go to him, my friend? Will you go to him so he can fight that Goliath for you? He says he's the only one who has the power. He inside you has the power to fight that Goliath for you. Go to him. Surrender. You have got to go to him and just ask him, God, I can't do it. I can't help it. I cannot help it. I don't know what to do. Come and fight this Goliath. And as you surrender and allow yourself and confess it and tell it to him, he is God. He will come and you'll fight that Goliath for you. And you stand strong as a Christian. And men and women and children will know there is a God who lives in your house as a husband. There's a God who lives in your house as a wife. There's a God who lives in you as a young man going to school, as a young woman going to school, as a grandfather when the kids come. They know that my grandfather is a giant killer. His God fights those giants. My grandmother is a giant killer. As you go down on your knees praying for them, they know they can grow in confidence that there is a giant killer in our house. And that is our grandmother. That is our father. That is our mom. They can hide in peace because they see a God in you. And may God help us to be those Christians. How I pray that you'll remember this story and you'll know that our God who dwells in us wants to kill the giants, wants to destroy the giants in our lives. Let him do so. Amen. Allow him to do that. Let us pray. Dear loving Father, 
I know there are many of us here that have giants in their lives of one nature or another. And God, we feel helpless and hopeless sometimes when these giants look so big. That every morning we wake up, they are taunting us. Every morning we wake up, they look so big. Every morning we wake up, they are there. We are going to sleep, they are there. We turn around, they are there. But Lord Jesus, there is a reason you wanted us to hear this morning. And I pray, God, that each and every one of us would present these giants, that we will be open to you, that God come and fight these giants for us and overcome these giants for us and give us the strength to go. Give us the energy to stand and to say no to giants and kill these giants in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I pray for every giant that is here, that is disturbing people here, that is disturbing women, that is disturbing men, that is torturing, that Lord Jesus is morning come down in the name of Jesus Christ and destroy the power of those giants in our lives. Be it the giant of addiction or to whatever nature Destroy those giants in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father, that the peace that passes our understanding may fall upon each one of us, may come into our spirits to assure us that you are in control and you are taking care of it all. We thank you and we worship you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 God bless you.